everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where if you haven't heard it yet, and you're going to hear it today, you might as well hear it here first. May the fourth be with you. Yeah, it's one of the worst puns out there, but I did it. I did it. That was rough. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam Alwalek, host of That's Life and head of social responsibility at Cross River. You can, you can find me here every Thursday, right after Allison, right before Yussie's live lunch. Folks, we got to move through the national holidays. Say we got to move through the fortune cookie because my guest is is waiting, and I don't want to keep her waiting. There's so much to talk about with Jewish, Amer- Jewish American Heritage Month. Yes, May is Jewish American Heritage Month. There is plenty of information out there, but we will learn much more about it in just a few moments. Woo, maybe I should slow down and stop trying to get everything in and just take a beat and read this fortune cookie. Here we go. It's easier to go down a hill than up it, but the view is much better at the top. All right. Let me tell you what's wrong with this fortune cookie. Yes, it's true, but you probably could have cut out three or four words and made it a tighter message. I'm just saying, as Mayor Furtick would say, everybody needs an editor. And now, let's go to today's national holidays. Yes, it's Intergalactic Star Wars Day, hence the May the 4th be with you. Okay, now this one I find confusing. It's International Respect for Chickens Day. I I don't have enough time in two shows to go through what is wrong with International Respect for Chickens Day. I I, I don't. I'm going to let you ponder it. You can feel free to email me if you figure out what it's about. Uh, Yeah, International Respect for Chickens Day. It's International, oh, sorry, it's National Business Brokers Day, National Day of Prayer. Yeah, pray every day. Why not? National Day of Reason. Hmm, that I didn't know about before I woke up this morning. National Self-Employed Day. National Weather Observers Day. Okay, we celebrate you, those who watch the weather. It's Petite and Proud Day. Never been Petite a day in my life, but sure, I'll applaud you if you are. World Give Day. Yes, give every day, but today is World Give Day. And wait for it, World Password Day. You know how hard it is to come up with new passwords? It's impossible. Then you write them down. That defeats the purpose. How are you supposed to keep your passwords safe if you have to write them down on a piece of paper? literal first world problems. But yes, as we mentioned, it is May. It May is, sorry, May is Jewish American Heritage Month. And I get to welcome my first guest. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And as I mentioned earlier, May is Jewish American Heritage Month. May is Jewish Jewish American Heritage Month. The Library of Congress, the National Archives and Records Administration, National Endowment for the Humanities, National Gallery of Art, National Park Service, and the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum join in paying tribute to the generations of Jewish Americans who helped form the fabric of American history, culture, and society. There's certainly people in our minds in terms of American history that stand out in as those who shaped where we are today, shaped the American dream, the, Amer- the Jewish American dream. And certainly we have representatives now who represent our interests and speak to their Jewish American heritage on a daily basis. And that is the best intro <laughs> for my guest this morning. Assemblywoman Neely Rosick joins me. She represents New York's 23rd, 25th district, which spans the eastern portion of Queens, including the communities of Flushing, Queensboro Hill, Hillcrest, Fresh Meadows, 
Oakland Gardens, Bayside, and Douglaston. Upon her election in 2012, Assemblywoman Rosick became the youngest woman in the state legislature, legislature and the first woman ever to represent the 25th district. She is currently the chair of the Assembly's Committee on Consumer Affairs and Protection, which works to protect consumers from fraud and discriminatory business practices, ensure data privacy, and regulate credit and pricing practices in New York. Previously, she was on the chair of the Subcommittee on Emerging Workforce that oversees workforce development programs and identifies the needs of New York's workforce. Since then, Neely has championed bills creating flexibility in the workplace, fair practices for work shifts, pay equity, and increased entrepreneurship in underserved communities. Most recently, she authored a new law to ease work schedules for state employees and expand current flexible workplace practices. In 2017, Neely was the chair of the Task Force on Women's Issues. And in 2020, she was the chair on the Assembly's Office on State-Federal Relations. Neely also serves in her spare time, of course, because if you're not already exhausted by what must be Neely's day, Neely also serves on the Assembly's Rules, Ways and Means, Labor and Labor and Corporations, Authorities and Commissions Committees. She's a member of the Black, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, and Asian Legislative Caucus and the Puerto Rican Hispanic Task Force. In Queens, I mean, my God, Neely, it's, it's unbelievable, but I, I want to just move over to one very important point that besides the fact that in Albany, Neely is an, has been an outspoken advocate for working in middle-class families, immigrant communities, and students, she's also passed, she has already sponsored and passed legislation aimed at revitalizing New York's environment, expanding government transparency, and strengthening the state's workforce development system. But why are we bringing Neely on today? Neely, of course, is a returning guest here at That's Life, but Neely was born in Jerusalem and raised in Queens, where she dedicated herself to public service at an early age. Prior to her election, she was chief of staff to Assemblymember Brian Kavanaugh, a role that allowed her to help protect senior centers and program from drastic cuts, increase Parkland and open space, expand neighborhood bus service, and bring much-needed reform to Albany. I mean, Neely, I, I would really love to continue this, but I don't want to take up so much of your time telling everyone how incredibly busy and all the accomplishments that I could list under your name. But first of all, I'm just going to stop here by saying hi and welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me back, Miriam. That was quite the mouthful. Hi. But <laughs> I have to say, you know, like as a, as, um, it's quite fitting because, you know, the the Jewish woman, young woman in me is the industrious woman. And, um, you know, if we're not, if we're not taking care of our communities every single day, what are we doing? I mean, um, Neely, but, but seriously, aren't you even, I mean, for a second, you got to be impressed. I mean, humbly impressed by all that you've already done. I mean, give yourself a little credit here. And there's so much more to do that, especially <laughs> when it comes to our community. So, um, I'm excited to be back and talk about all of that, um, but also to wish everyone a very happy Jewish Heritage Month. No, absolutely. I should also mention, by the way, that you were in the Jewish Weeks 36 under 36, which I want to talk about in a minute, but I do want to obviously bring us back to the focus of our conversation, which is 
um, Jewish American Heritage Month. Now, being that you're an Israeli citizen and you're a proud serving American citizen, there's a lot that you bring to the table in terms of your personality and obviously your capabilities, etc. But there has to be something, all of those X factors, all of that makes you who you are, makes you Neely Rosick, has to be what drives you in the first place. I mean, look at all you've done. This, we understand where you get it from. Yeah, and it, it, it's a byproduct of the community that I was raised in and the family that I, values that I have surrounding and sort of all-encompassing the, the idea of tikkun olam. And that is something that I grew up with um, and that I bring into the halls of government, both in the work that I do in Queens, but certainly in Albany, um, because there's this there's this great saying in Hebrew, it may not even be me, like if I'm not for myself, then who is for me? And, um, you know, we have to have each other's back, but we also, you know, have to keep forming relationships with other communities so that we can keep living, like, great, lives that we have in, in the New York Jewish community at large. It's it's good that you mentioned that the variety of relationships that you've already fostered and that I'm sure you're very proud of. I mean, you sit on a number of commissions and you are part of a number of groups that are, you know, that they're not Jewish, that they're not things that we would there are task forces that are not specifically aimed at protecting the Jewish community. How important is it for you, both as somebody who believes in Tikkun Olam, but also just as a New Yorker, how, how important is it to you to make sure that you're protecting all of those different groups? Yeah, we have to make sure that we're investing time, energy, and resources into the Jewish community, but also acknowledging that we need to stick up for people of all kinds of different backgrounds because it is a diverse city and a diverse state. Um, and so when, you know, someone goes after um, a, a Jewish member of the community or someone goes after an Asian American community member, like we know that if we don't stick together, we're going to be the next victim. And, and so it's really important to just, show up for each other, but to also hold space for other communities. Um, my story is that I, I actually come from a family of Argentinian Olim. So my great grandparents and grandparents actually are from Argentina. So I'm a, a Latina Jew. Wow. And that's, you know, as a conversation starter, that's um, an incredible sort of, vantage and, and knowledge point that I can share with other legislators. Like you can be Latino and Jewish. <laughs> Jewish takes the form in many different heritages, races, backgrounds. Um, and we can be proud of that diversity within the Jewish community. But it also gives me like a great perch to just be from and to the different disparate communities that um, we have in New York. I did not know that about you. That's fascinating. So when somebody says to you, you don't know what we're like, you can look at them and say, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the immigrant story is very, very similar, right? It, it doesn't matter where you come from. At the end of the day, you know, I know what it was like to learn English in school. I know what it was like to have 
parents who don't necessarily know how to navigate the system um, because we're all immigrants at the end of the day. And that's a lot of, uh, you know, how we came to this country, whether it was 20 years ago, like my family or 200 years ago. Um, and that's, that's the vibrancy of the Jewish community in New York. I had a, I had a social studies teacher in high school who used to say that America is not a melting pot. It's a salad. And to ignore any of the vegetables in that salad is to ignore every individual and distinct personality that exists in America. And I, I, I take that thought, I take that with me on a number of occasions as so many people are, are both striving for their own identity, independence, and voice, and others are potentially looking to just make everyone melted into one melting pot. I wonder if that if that phrase resonates to you, that metaphor resonates to you. Absolutely. And and we have to remember that there's a 350-year history of Jewish Americans who immigrated to this country in waves since the colonial times. And they were in search of religious freedom and to escape oppression and persecution. And that is still in existence today. That is still something that is widely felt today so um we have to keep celebrating those positive contributions and achievements but also recognizing that we are part of you know not the salad or melting pot or however <laughs> you want to phrase it a hundred percent especially here in new york we're joined today on that's life by assemblywoman neely rosick who represents new york's 25th district i i don't think i realized by the way just how many communities are included in your district. How many different immigrant, um, you know, immigrant groups do you find within your district? It has to be, I, I mean, it has to be pretty diverse. Yeah, and I, I benefit from appreciating all of those strengths and um, kind of diverse opportunities to build together. Um, I can be celebrating three different New Year's, right? We have the Jewish New Year and the regular January 1st New Year and then um, and then the Lunar New Year. And um, it, it's quite, um, quite interesting. It keeps me on my toes and um, certainly a lot of fun to bounce from community to community, learning and kind of deepening my understanding and education about diversity. But what's the key there in, in connecting with each one of those groups? I mean, obviously, you're, 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 you're their person. You're their representative, and there's a relationship there. How do you make sure that each one of those groups connects to you and you to them? We all have this basis in, you know, the American experience and the American dream and wanting the best for not just our generation, but the future generations that come after us, that resonates whether you're from East Asia or South Asia or Israel or from somewhere in Latin America, right? We come to America with this dream that we're chasing and um, that we hope to get a leg up in. So that is that is the common denominator that binds all of us. Mm. And you'll see that reflected in every part Queens at large, the most diverse borough in the entire country. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, we, we are here to talk about Jewish American Heritage Month, and I am, I'm a fourth-generation American, and there's a tremendous amount of pride in that. My, my grandfather fought in World War II and 
was en enlisted in the U.S. Navy and was at Iwo Jima, and we take tremendous pride in that. My father was a chaplain in the U.S. Army, and so there's obviously pride in that as well. You know, we 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 as Jews have deep roots here, and I that's why sometimes, and I, I say this totally transparently, I can be a frustrated Jewish American. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder if you if you share that as well. I mean, obviously you're a proud Jewish American, but do you share that frustration sometimes as well when when people question our role here? Absolutely, and, and you know, as an Israeli, I always get the question of uh, dual loyalty, and mm. and how do you, you know, how do you speak up for Israel and represent parts of New York? And I don't, I don't view those two um, in conflict. It actually makes what I do um, even better, and um, you know. I I come from the viewpoint that Jewish Heritage Month should be celebrated every month, <laughs> and um, whether that's like visiting a Jewish museum or you know baking challah or you know listening to a Jewish podcast, however you connect to your Jewish heritage, I think you should be proud of that and and not just be bound to this one month, but also you know feel free to celebrate that all year round. Um, I hear the frustration. I also know that, it, you know, in this day and age when there is a rise in anti-Semitism and people quite literally are fearful to walk down the street, there's a lot more that we could be doing to be Jewish and proud. I, I, I hear that completely. Have you, has, has there been an uptick in anti-Semitism in your district as well, or you're not really, thank God, seeing it there? I think it's a citywide issue and no district is, is safe from that. For most statistics, unfortunately, um, what we can do is just figure out ways, constructive ways at all levels of government in order to make our communities feel more safe and protected, whether that's investing in institutions and making sure that they are, you know, brick and mortar secure, or also ensuring that law enforcement knows how to identify hate crimes and um, protect communities from from that. It's such a you know you're 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 bringing up such an important point about that there are no borders, right? Anti-Semitism doesn't end at, at at one border of the five boroughs and then continue in the next, and and obviously what overflows into one overflows we, it's one society it's it it reminds me unfortunately of what was to me a very sad incident about a month ago when i was getting on the subway with two of my kids and my son put his yarmulke in his pocket and i was heartbroken now i've had this conversation before where as mm -hmm. a hair covering orthodox woman do i stand out do i not stand out do i look different do i not look different okay we can argue that there are plenty of women who wear baseball caps or wigs or whatever and you can't tell the difference but my son with his yarmulke is an outward jew and he didn't feel safe 2023 april new york city he didn't feel safe and he put away his yarmulke and i couldn't I couldn't argue with that. I couldn't argue with that. And I, I couldn't stand there and say, come on, you're blowing it out of proportion. I don't wear a yarmulke every day. You don't necessarily look at me and say, there walks a Jew. But for him it was. And he was afraid enough in broad daylight, in the middle of the day in New York City, to wear his yarmulke on the subway. 
Yeah, and I remember when I was in high school, when I would commute or, or you know, get on the bus or the subway, same same thing. My friends' parents or, you know, my mom would say, maybe just, you know, hide your magenta bead mm. and, uh, or just put it, you know, tuck it away. And unfortunately, that that's a recurring theme here, right? We've seen a horrible uptick in violence across the five boroughs concentrated against the Orthodox community. So it's incumbent on all public servants at all levels of government to stamp out hate in every form, but in particular the hate that the Jewish community faces. Um, And we can can fight back against the uptick of hate and violence. Like, it it will take time, Mm. um, but I do believe that it is possible because you're absolutely right, Miriam. Like, your kid should not feel that going onto a public subway he should not feel that walking down the street to school or um to hang out with his friends at the park um that should not be what the future generation of jewish kids has to deal with in new york agreed absolutely agreed joined this morning by assemblywoman neely rosick we have only a few minutes i have to ask you this is going to sound crazy and just <laughs> be patient with me for a second the the met gala happened this week. I promise you there's a segue that makes sense. I promise. Ben Platt wore a Magain David. Now, I don't know if any other news outlets picked it up. I'm sure no one else cared. Every Jewish feed, media outlet, you name it, my phone's blowing up. Ben Platt is wearing a Magain David around his neck at the Met Gala. Now, I don't care if people think it's insignificant. That's fine. To me, that was a bold move in this day and age. I, I agree with you 100%. I commend him uh, a great deal because it actually, it also blew up on social media, which is actually where, you know, people who wouldn't necessarily um, read a Jewish newspaper or, or look at a Jewish website um, would be exposed to that. So I think it's actually, the sim- it, some people might think it's merely symbolic, I actually think that it was a really proud moment for the Jewish community, and it's the same reason why I have an Israeli flag planted on my desk in mm. the assembly chamber, um, because I want, you know, I want day school day school students who come to visit to know that they have space in the assembly, in the state in state government. But I also want other school children who walk through the assembly chamber on a tour or what have you, to know that, you know, we we are present, we are a part of this larger community as well, and we're not going anywhere. Right, and that you're a proud Jewish American. It's so, it's, it so speaks to that. Okay, so people who want to do something for Jewish American Heritage Month, you mentioned before, they can go to a museum, they can see an exhibit, they can bake college. There's so many things that you can do to express and demonstrate your pride in, in Jewish heritage. What, what other, I mean, and you're right, we should be doing it 12 months out of the year. You're right. You're 100% right. But in terms of what people can do this month, I don't know if you're offering things in your district specifically. I don't know if if you're involved in certain activities that are taking place. Tell me what you have going on in May. There are a lot of different events that happen all across the city. You should check them out. Um, I would also say that there's an official website for Jewish Heritage Month, um, as you mentioned at the top of your show, that is run 
by the Library of Congress, and, and it's a great resource for things that are happening across the country. Um, so I would I would start there and then and then see what's happening in your local community. But I am sure that across Queens, you know, we will have different Jewish American Heritage Month celebrations topped off with, um, you know, the Celebrate Israel Parade in early June. Yes, I look. Will you be there? I will be there. Amazing. So when Nachum and I broadcast from Fifth Avenue, like we do annually, I hope either you will be able to stop by the booth should the, um, is it Secret Service, the Secret Service or the police not stop you at the barricade or stop our guys at the barricade. We have we have had interactions before, but usually everything just works out. I hope you'll stop by. I hope you'll join us on the air. At least I, at least I hope you'll wave. I will certainly be there. I've been marching in that parade since I was a kid and uh, in the rain and the wind, uh, <laughs> in, in the blazing sun, I will be there. Yeah, the, rain, the, the weather, I mean, the weather doesn't always cooperate, but we're there. <laughs> we're there no matter what. And I can't wait to see you. Assemblywoman Neely Rosick, thank you so much for joining me. Happy Jewish American Heritage Month. And thank you for all that you do, both for Queens and for Jewish Americans. Thanks, Miriam. See you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachman Siegel Network. A full afternoon of programming continues. Of course, the live lunch hosted by Yassi's Wag begins in just a few moments. I just have to tell you something funny, guys, as a side point about the live lunch. So at Cross River, we have a program called The Lunch and Learn, which is abbreviated as LL on everything. I mean, that just makes sense. I constantly refer to it as the live lunch and I am constantly corrected. And everybody's like, what's a live lunch? I'm like, yeah, exactly. Old habits die hard or good habits die hard. I don't know what to say, but either way, Yossi's Wagon, the live lunch start in just a few moments. Don't miss a minute of it. And of course, the Arab Shabbat show hosted by Mark Sonic brought to you by our friends at Kedem begins at 7 p.m. Tomorrow morning. Join Malcolm Siegel as he hosts Jamie and the AM Malcolm home line 740 in the morning. Full afternoon of programming as Shabbos gets later here in the New York area. Don't touch that virtual dial. Stay tuned to our Arab Shabbos music mix all through the day. Saturday Night Seagull, hosted by Avrami, starts at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Matis JM Sunday. What are you making a face for? 9.30. Sorry, we're up to 9. Sorry, my bad. 9.30. Just kidding. Don't tune in at 9 o'clock Saturday night. Tune in at 9.30. And then Matis 7 a.m. Sunday morning with JM Sunday. Closing today with my favorite acapella song. Is it wrong to say you have a favorite acapella song? I don't know. I have a favorite acapella song. It's the Maccabees and Lenny Solomon with Minion Man. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. I asked the man, I saw how many Jews in this town. He said to me, there used to be a minion around. But one of us passed away and we've been feeling down. Yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found. Won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? I step off the bus in Mobile, Alabama. Sun was slowly setting on the bay. It was six o'clock on a summer Friday afternoon. Shabbos was an hour away. I walked around the town wondering what to do. 
Shabbos is no time to be feeling blue. Then two more and went into a shop that read closed on the door. There was a minion in the back of a hardware store. Nine men waiting for one more. We ushered in the Shabbos with a beautiful song. The Chazan had a voice that was clear and strong. Shabbos was carried on a song. Whoa, I asked the man, I saw how many Jews in this town. He said to me, there used to be a minion around. But one of us passed away and we've been feeling down. Yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found. Won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? Oh, won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? Please, won't you stay? 